This next building block, I want to ask you by starting with this question. Have you ever noticed how we gravitate towards people who are like us? It's true. People who look like us, people who think like us, people who believe like we do, people who vote like we do, people who are in the same socioeconomic demographics as we are, we like to be alike. Which is ironic since our culture values and pushes independence in being your own person. We claim that we want to be diverse. We claim that we want to be different. We claim to be kind of this anti-group think sort of, there's people out there like that, but the truth is we really like to be like others. I want you to think about maybe some of you who are in high school during this time, or maybe you've seen these pictures when you maybe weren't in high school at that time, but there's a group of friends who claim to be, at, at a certain time, they were non-conformists. They all wore the same black clothes. You know the ones I'm talking about? They had the same sort of basic hairstyle. They, they listened to the same general type of music. They, they all hung around at the same places. This group of people, they looked the same, they acted the same, they listened to the same music, and yet they call themselves nonconformists. So it's ironic that in order to be part of that group, you had to conform to their standards. If you're not sure about this, then I want you to look at most churches on any given Sunday. Not necessarily this church. We're doing pretty good. But on any given Sunday, many churches have been, are, called, are, are kind of segregated. It's really, Sunday morning has been called the most segregated hour of the week in America. It, 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 there's, there's black churches and there's white churches. That's ridiculous. You know, there, there's, there's these certain kind of churches that we're going to gravitate towards. But I love this church because. It really kind of looks like heaven. I see Hispanics. I see, uh, I see African-Americans. I see uh, Latinos. I, I see whites. I see a lot of whites. I see, but I see, I see, I see Italians, and, and I see people from the up north, and I see people from the south and out west, and, and even Dominicans that are here. That, 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 that You're there. I mean, you lived there long enough. Are you you're officially Dominican? You might as well be, right? Yeah. But I love the body of Christ, how we can come together here at this church, but you look around, um, most churches are kind of segregated. Now, this isn't necessarily because we want to exclude others. By the way, you're welcome here. Any color, any, any, any way you want to look, come on. Uh, but, but the fact is, is that we're naturally drawn to sameness in our lives. However, sameness doesn't add life or strength. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I believe that uniformity actually decreases the strength and the value of things. Uniformity, when we all try to be as one, actually makes us weaker. I want you to think of it like this. If you have a building in your house, let's say, where all the walls, maybe, you're, maybe in your house, go in there, and all of your walls are covered with the same masterpiece. Let's just say you have Mona Lisa all over your house. I mean, it's just everywhere. Same size, same shape, there's Mona Lisa everywhere. Over and over. You know what that's called? Wallpaper. That's what that's called. It's called wallpaper. Now, on the other hand, if you have a building where the walls are covered with masterpieces of varying sizes and varying colors and varying shapes from various artists, that's called an art gallery. Right? Now, nobody's going to plan a great heist to steal your wallpaper at your house. You're safe. You're good. All right? But art galleries are targets because they have immeasurable value because of the variety and the diversity of what's going on there. So this may be counterintuitive, but as a body of believers, when everything is the same, we can't be as effective of a community of one that transforms the world. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Write down, we are stronger 
when we are all different. We are stronger when we are all different. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, as I told you to turn there, this is a letter that was written by Paul to a group of believers in a city where it was very tough to be a Jesus follower. Corinth, the city of Corinth was a very large and diverse city. And people from all over the Roman Empire lived there. And because of, this, because of that, the people in the city didn't get along very well. Because they were all so different. And the church, also in Corinth, reflected the diversity of the community. And this meant that sometimes the people in the church didn't get along very well either. But the differences and the friction weren't simply limited to the race and the culture and the economics and the social status or the religious background. Some of the friction, if you read the book of Corinthians, was caused by the fact that different people had different gifts and different roles in the church. Some were more obvious. Some were leaders, teachers, preachers, those out in front. Some were more behind the scenes, hospitality and service and encouragement. And just like many of us today, they began to look at others in the church and they also even looked at themselves and they began to assign value based on how obvious or how out front or how desirable certain gifts were we do this in our culture today I want you to think about it we just talked about this just in a moment ago with the with the restaurant situation you got a CEO he's more important than the regional manager the regional manager is more important than the store manager. The store manager is more important than the employee. We just put this pecking order in its place because we, 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 we think that that's the case. It's not the case. But what about this? The superintendent of the school is more important than the principal. The principal is more important than the teacher. The teacher is more important than the lunch lady. Not so, but that's how we do it. The customer is more important than the server. The server is more important than the dishwasher. The dishwasher is more important than the one who cleans off the tables. It's our nature to look at the differences and to determine some to be better than others and then to pursue the more important positions and to dismiss, to dismiss those in the less important positions. And this attitude carries over into the church all the time. I mean, if you're a preacher or a board member or a part of the worship team here at, at this church, it's a job that's up front, it's visible, then you must be more important than someone who sets up the chairs or hands out the bulletins or, or cleans the bathrooms, right? No. Matthew 23, verses 11 and 12 says it this way, The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. In other words, as the pastor is the head of the church here in the sense of this local body of believers, I should be the servant of of all I should be the one that serves in fact I'll say this again from this pulpit Kelly and I are here to serve you Pastor Joseph Pastor Matt their families we're here to serve you we're not here to be served the Lord has brought us here to serve you as the body of believers the board is here to serve you those that are on this worship team those that are out front we're here to serve not to be served and so I remember the first month we got here Kelly and I, back 12 years ago, the first several months were spent with me reaching out to those that were here and meeting with them one-on-one -on -one and saying, how can I serve you? What can I do to serve you? Because I meant it, and I still mean it. I'm here to serve. Kelly and I are here to serve you, whatever that looks like. Because I wanted to establish an, uh, an environment. Uh, I wanted to establish a place where we would outserve one another. 
And that's what Jesus did. He came to serve and not to be served. He's our example, amen? amen. And so when we do what we do here, whether it's up front, whether it's behind the scenes or anything in between, we're here to be a servant to others. And I'll reiterate this as often as I need to. Kelly and I, the staff here, the leadership here, we're here to serve you. But also, I trust that as we model that, that you would take that up and realize, I want to be a servant as well. So we look at this little community of believers in Corinth as they're struggling with this whole difference thing. And they're struggling with this whole who's most important issue. And Paul writes this letter to them. And he begins to explain the power of differences. Paul understands that those differences that are in that precious little church didn't divide them. Those differences, in fact, if we allow Jesus to have his way and trust the Spirit's leading and guard the unity of the faith, actually brings us together as one and makes us stronger. Paul understands that when we're all together different, we're greater than the sum of our parts. And that's why he can say in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 14, these words. He wrote to this body of believers, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. You know, I can't do what the Martinez's do in the Dominican Republic, but I can serve them by being a blessing to them, go and, 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 and spend a week with them and roll up my sleeves and help out whatever that looks like by painting a building or, or doing some VBS or whatever the case may be. You know, yeah, let's do it. We will. I can't do what they do. God has blessed them and called them to do that, but he's also called me and others to be the... To, to, to lift up their arms and to, and to bless them and to support them in that way, to pray for them and to provide for them the finances that they need to fund the work of the gospel in the Dominican Republic. And that's just an example of what Christ has called us all to do. I can't, I can't be a greeter in the back and lead worship up here at the same time. You know, I, 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 can't, I can't clean the church and, and, and then go visit people in the hospital. I, I can't do it all. I'm not supposed to do it all. But all of us together doing our part makes the difference. Paul mentioned in this, word, in this text that I just read, he used the word differences. And in helping them work through their differences, he goes to one of the best examples from everyday life that he can find, something that every one of us can relate to, the human body. He talks about the body. The body, Paul says, is made up of many parts, and every part has a role to play. Think about your human body. And every part needs every other part. Isn't that true? Every part of your body needs the other part of, those, uh, of, of the body. And if the whole body were the same part, it wouldn't be the body. I don't see anybody walking in here as one giant eye. You're not one giant mouth. However, some of you may disagree with that particular... Never, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I didn't say that out loud, did I? Oh, I guess I did. But as we read the rest of this part of his letter... He continues about how all these different parts come together and are better than any one part. And how the whole thing uh, 
how if the whole thing fails, if each part doesn't show up and play their role. I want to continue reading just so we can catch the, the gist of this, starting in verse 15. Let's finish this out and go to verse 26. It says, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. I love that. We can get that, can't we? I mean, just think about every part of your body. I'm so glad that my feet are on the bottom of my legs so that it can support my body right? If my feet were sticking out here somewhere, what would I be? I'd be walking on stumps, you know? I'm glad that my ear and my nose and my mouth and my eyes are all working together, and then my hands respond to the different things. It all works together. It's a beautiful thing. I'm glad that when I ate that food today, that it went down to a place called the stomach. I mean, if I, if I didn't have a stomach, where would that food go? I'd be in bad shape. And then that that stomach, it gives all the nutrients into the rest of my body and the bloodstream works beautiful and the heart's pumping and making... Thank God for, my, for our bodies, amen? That all of it, that the heart doesn't want to be the hand and the eye doesn't want to be the foot. It's doing its part. We're all together different. And when we're all together different, we are more than the sum of our parts. There's no, signif there's no insignificant members of the local community of Jesus followers. You, in this church, are not insignificant. You're important. It doesn't matter what you can or can't do. Every one of us who considers ourselves to be followers of Jesus are an essential part of this body of believers. I just want to say thank you, greeters, for the wonderful smile and the welcoming hug for those who enter this church. Thank you. Thank you so much. Would you give them a thanks this morning? Yeah. I want to thank you, all of those that take care of the outside of the church, whether it's cutting the grass, whether it's uh, painting things, whether it's pulling the weeds. I want to thank you for making the grounds look so beautiful. Would you thank them this morning for their volunteer work to do that? And I know you're not in here necessarily, you might be hearing this, but I want to thank you nursery workers. I want to thank you children's ministry volunteers for lovingly tending to and teaching our children about Jesus. Would you thank them this morning? And I want to thank you for those who keep the tithe envelopes stocked in the back of the chairs. Those don't just show up by themselves. The phones are being answered. The shut-ins are being visited. The kitchen's being cleaned. The bathrooms are being cleaned. Can I get an amen? The words on the screen, the sound system going, uh, the homeless minister to the widows and the needy in our church and our community embraced with the love of Jesus and cared for with food and shelter and clothing. Can you give each one of those people an amen and a thanks? Yeah.
I want to thank you all for doing the prayer ministry and, and that you're here throughout the week doing those different times and those that are leading the different groups, whether it be the men's ministry, the women's ministry, and all the different Life Together groups. Thank you for your service and your dedication. Would you thank them this morning? You see, all of us doing our part. And in case I didn't cover what you're doing, thank you as well. But all of us doing our part in front of others or behind the scenes, simple little notes that you send to someone that no one even knows about but that person who received it in the mail. A nice, sweet little text that says, just thinking about you, praying for you, love you. Things like that that make the difference. All of us doing our part makes us greater together for God's kingdom. Richard, you taking care of what you did a couple of weeks ago with Randy. There's a homeless gentleman that was there at the end of church. And we, several of us, gathered around. And you and a few others took the lead and made sure that he was taken care of for several days. We took care of a hotel room for him, made sure he was fed, made sure that Lakeisha got things that she needed to do, taken care of the, at the center here in Rock Hill. And you followed through with that. You made a difference in Randy's life. Thank you for doing that. All of us making a difference. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Every track that we hand out this Friday at the park in the fountain, you don't know what you're doing. Just someone might be right on the verge of suicide, but you're, you're intervening right at the strategic moment in their lives. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for sacrificing your Friday night when you could be watching football on t uh, TV or Jeopardy and, and, and you're loving on someone with the love of Jesus. Thank you for doing it. It, it. it makes a difference. All of us doing our part. It makes us greater together for God's kingdom. You see? But then on the flip side, there's no members of the church who are indispensable. I'm not indispensable. The worship team's not indispensable. It doesn't matter if you're a musician on this stage. It doesn't matter if you're the worship pastor. It, it, you're simply part of the body of Christ. Yes, you're talented. Thank you for your singing and your playing. Thank you for the wonderful skills that you present to us. But you're, you're, uh, you're simply a part of the body of Christ. You're an essential part, but you're no better than anybody else that's doing anything behind the scenes. It doesn't matter if I'm the pastor and preach most Sundays. I'm simply one part of the body. I'm an essential part, but I'm just one part. And all of us together are part of the body of Christ. Paul sums the whole thing up by saying this in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Don't you ever let the enemy tell you otherwise. Don't ever be convinced of it otherwise by tell anybody telling you that or you telling yourself that. If I'm part of the body of Christ, I'm an essential part of the body of Christ. And I am and can make a difference. We collectively are the body of Christ, and you individually are each a part of it. We as a community of one are the body of Christ. So Paul stays on this theme of the body. This church is called to be the body, the physical representation, the hands and the feet of Jesus. But did you know that there's a lot of churches in the United States, in the world today, that are actually crippled? There's a lot of body of Christ out there that are crippled. Why do I say this? Because many of us don't use our gifts. Many of us don't use our talents and our skills and our abilities and our passions to serve the church and to serve the world through the church. You have gifts and abilities. I know you do. God's given each of us particular skills. I know you have skills. I know you have talents. I know you have passions. I know you do. You're not just a knot on a log sitting there all day doing nothing. There's things that you do. There's talents and skills and passions and abilities that you implement and live out every day. 
And every one of these skills and all of their differences can be used to create a community of one that changes our world and makes us unstoppable if we would simply step up to the plate and do it. Let's not be part of making the church a cripple. What if everyone here in this place used a skill, a talent, the ability, the passion to engage in serving this church? What would happen if all of us step up to the plate? Oh my goodness, this church would be turned upside down and so would this community and so would the world. And then I want you to take, it, 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 take this thought of what, what, what happens if we take those gifts, those skills, those talents, those abilities, those passions out of the four walls of this church into our neighborhoods and we served our friends and our neighbors and our community. Church, we would be what? Unstoppable. Say that with me. We would be unstoppable. Acts 24, I'm sorry, Acts 2, verses 44 and verse 47 tells us about this unstoppable church. I read a, a, a part of this last week, but I want to read it again just to remind you to make my point this morning. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They were unified, weren't they? They, 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 were, they were enjoying their differences. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. They were unstoppable. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They were unstoppable because they celebrated their differences and didn't let it bring division, but rather bring unity. And each one doing their part caused the church to be added to daily. Even when later on they were beginning to be persecuted, they simply went out to other cities and kept sharing Jesus wherever they went. And we're as a result of that today here because they went out and were the unstoppable church. So let's be this sort of unstoppable church today, amen? Let's be together. Let's, let's be one. Let's all of us do our part and then let's watch this church grow, not just numerically, but also in its impact in this world, in this community, in our families. When we're all together different, we're more than the sum of our parts. And when we get that, when we really get that point, and then we put legs and hands and, and feet and backbone and heart into it, and when we show up with our giftings and our passions and our abilities and our talents and our skills, and we put it with the rest of the body of Christ here at faith, we can turn our world upside down. And we can be an unstoppable body of believers for the kingdom of God. Amen. So here's what I'm going to ask of you this morning in response to this message. Uh-oh, he's going to ask me to do something. <laughs> you shouldn't have came. <laughs> this is it. This is more than just a, hey man, brother, preach it. That was good. Now let me just go do my thing. Because here's what I ask of you. I'm going to ask you in fact, I'm going to challenge you to step into ministry. I don't necessarily mean full-time vocational ministry, although if you feel like the Lord is calling you to that, that's another conversation that I would have with you and happy to have that conversation with you and I can help you. But I, it, it does absolutely mean that you would step into a ministry, that, that you would step into whatever it is that God has gifted you and skilled you and given you the talents and the abilities and the passion to do and to start using them in this church to serve the world. This church is simply a vehicle for you to take that that God has placed in your life and you can go make a difference out from here. We'll facilitate it. 
will provide a platform, a, a, a means for you to do it. I can't do it for you, but I can do it with you and I can cheer you on and give you a place. And you may need to spend some time identifying what that is, or you may know right away what it is. And the Lord's been tapping on the shoulder of your, of your heart saying, this is, this is the moment right here. And here it is again, the Holy Spirit saying, I've been telling you this. And now here's the pastor putting it right in front of your face. You might need to pray and see what, what maybe some of those things can be used. I don't know. You may need to be explore. And by the way, it's all right to explore and feel free to fail. I'm not asking you to be 100% successful. I'm just asking you to stick the thing out of park and put it in a drive. And let's move forward, right? Right? Let's just move that vehicle. Take the step. If you mess up, you mess up. If you fail, you fail. But that's all right. Let's try it. Or you may need to start something new. Maybe, well, Pastor, that thing doesn't exist here that, that the Lord has placed in my heart. Perfect. Let's start it, okay? And you can be the leader of it. And I'll help you with that. Pastor Matt, Pastor Joseph, myself, we're happy to help in this discovery. Simply having a conversation with us and pointing us in the right direction, pointing you guys in the right direction, facilitating it. Just give us a call. All you got to do is call us up and say, hey, can I meet with you? Sure. We're going to sit down and talk about it. And by the way, we have a bunch of stuff that we can plug you in to do. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done here. If you like to paint, if you like to pull weeds, you know, if you like to do that sort of stuff that's not glamorous, but we need some help with some stuff. This building, this property, it just, you know, it's some, some years old and it just, it just needs the attention. So if you got some time and you got some, some skills or, or at least some time, then let me know. We'll, we'll help you with the, what we, we can do to get you plugged in. So not just working the grounds, but I'm talking about teaching. I'm talking about leading. I'm talking about evangelism. I'm talking about serving in some way. I'm just, I, I'm just talking about, and, and by the way, if it doesn't exist, let's talk about that as well. Because remember that everything we do for God's kingdom is connected to what? A soul. Everything is connected to a soul. I say that all the time. No matter what, pulling a weed is connected to a soul as much as preaching from the pulpit. We take these gifts, these skills, these talents, these abilities, these passions. We come together different as we are. We're going to begin to change our world for Jesus and we will be unstoppable. So one more thing about this as we wrap this up today. Next week, we're going to have our biannual on-ramp Sunday. You saw, maybe it's in the bulletin. Um, it's going to be an on-ramp Sunday for our Life Together groups. At the end of the service, we're going to have an opportunity to sign up for our Life Together group. So this sanctuary is going to be somewhat transformed in that. At the back, we're going to have some sign-up tables. So if you're not part of a Life Together group, next week you can join one. And I encourage you to do so. Let's just be more than a Sunday morning service gatherer. Let's go out and make connections with other people that are part of this church in different ways at their homes and at restaurants and other places like that. If you'd like to lead one, by the way, see Pastor Joseph, Pastor Matt, myself, we're happy to get you plugged into leading a Life Together group. If you don't want to lead, but you want to host, I'm not a teacher, but I can sure open up my home. Then let us know and we can partner together with your home and someone else that maybe wants to lead, but they don't necessarily have a place where they can facilitate a meeting. Then all of us together doing our part. Just call Pastor Joseph for myself or Pastor Matt. If you want to serve in some capacity to help grow the Life Together groups, we need your help. Next week, though, I want you to come ready to jump in 
to signing up. There's really countless ways to step up beyond the Life Together groups to be an active part of the body of Christ here at Faith. God hasn't just called you to just be a Sunday morning pew warmer. You're called to step up and to step in to that that God has uniquely created you to do for Him as the unique masterpiece that He's created you to be. You're God's masterpiece. Others are God's masterpiece. So we serve, we step up, we do our part, whatever that looks like. And we exponentially impact our world for God's kingdom. As we plant water, God brings the increase. A body of believers like that, listen to me, a body of believers that is like that is unstoppable. A body of believers like that is dangerous. So let's get more dangerous, amen? Amen that we already are. Let's get more dangerous than we already are. And let's be unstoppable for God's glory. Amen? 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 Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, we thank you today that you've given us talents and skills and passions and abilities and really opportunity here because we have no excuse. Here we are this morning realizing that some things that we can do, some things that we can apply that you've put in our lives, and maybe we've used them for our own glory, for our own benefit. We've used them maybe and given them to the world in some way, or we've just sat on them. We just sat on them and stepped them off to the side and said, well, it's beyond me. I'm past my prime. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too, I'm too this. I'm too that. We throw out all kinds of excuses. Forgive us for that. None of us are to anything that is, makes us incapable or unavailable or unqualified to do what you called us to do. I thank you, Jesus, that you give us the strength. You give us the anointing. You give us the opportunity. You certainly give us the ability. You've placed in us passions and abilities and talents and skills. Lord, what does that look like? We've been challenged with this this morning. And Lord, i got to believe that you, by your Holy Spirit, have been tapping on our shoulder for quite some time now. And you've been saying, hey, that that I put in your heart, that talent that I've given you, that has been dormant for years, or that you're using in a, in a way that's not glorifying me, it's time to turn and take that and give it to me. Lord, help us to realize that everything that you've given us that we're to be stewards of, not just our money, but also our time and certainly our talent, everything that you've given us, this body that you've given us, we're to be a steward of it, this mind, our eyes, our, our mouths, our ears, our hands, certainly our possessions, our our jobs, our relationships, it just goes all out to everything in our lives we're to be good stewards of for your glory. So Father, help us to take these talents and these skills and not use them for any other purpose that would not bring glory to you. Thank you, Lord, for the skill sets you've given us that we can have, have gainful employment and, and make a living and be a blessing to our families in that way. But Lord, I pray that you'd also help us to take those same talents and if they can be used for God's kingdom, help us to do that as well. Not just to make a living for us, but to make a difference for your kingdom. Or whatever that looks like, speak to our hearts individually as the unique body of Christ. The diversity that is here. Not just in the way that we look on the outside. But what you've done inwardly to create from our experiences, from our opportunities, from just the things that we're hardwired to be passionate about. All of that. All of that. We give to you this morning. 
and asked, won't you show us what this looks like, Lord? We want to serve you. We want to. Give us the desire to serve you, to step out of our complacency and our busyness, to walk away from the things that are keeping us from doing what you want us to do. And then, Lord, help us to then serve others in the way that you would have us to serve them through our talents and skills and passions and abilities. Thank you, Lord. We, we receive this challenge. Help us to not walk away from it, but to embrace it. And say, all right, Lord, here I am. Send me. Here I am. Use me. Here I am. Take me and do with me as you will. I'm going to take up my cross today. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to die to myself and live for you. That's what I'm going to do. I thank you, Lord, that there's no important or unimportant positions here at this church. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. We're all servants of the Most High God. With every eye closed and head bowed, I want to ask you, as, as I'm closing this out here today, I don't know if maybe there's something the Lord's speaking to your heart. This morning you say, man, that's, that's for me, Pastor. Just like we heard a little bit ago where that message was for several people last week. I got to believe that the Lord is speaking to some hearts here today. And I just want, just maybe as an outward sign, uh, you don't have to step out or step up, but I do want you to just raise your hand in just a moment and say, all right, Pastor, the Lord is challenging me. And, uh, and so if you make an outward gesture to the Lord, there's really a good first step in that direction to say, all right, I'm going to make a difference here. I'm going to do something. And again, it doesn't matter how old or young you are. It doesn't matter what station you are in life. The Lord's speaking to your heart right now. That's what's the most important thing. So just if you would just, just lift up your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Yeah, all over, all over, all over the place. Good. Now see the Lord. Lord, you see those hands. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd help us to, to step into what that is. And Lord, I pray that you'd use me and the, the leadership here, whatever we can do to facilitate that, to, to help in, in, in fanning that into flame and to giving them place and position and opportunity. Lord, whatever that looks like, may we all partner together as the body of Christ so that we can be unstoppable, so that we can be so dangerous. <laughs> we want to be a dangerous church for you and for the kingdom of darkness. We want to be a church that's dangerous to the kingdom of darkness and glorifying you in all that we say and do and think. Amen. Lord, I thank you for this. I thank you for this, Jesus. I thank you for this. Hallelujah. Lord, as we go from this place, Lord, as we go out Friday to witness and as we serve those here and meet for the Bible studies and the fellowships and the Life Together groups and all of the stuff that we've got going here, help us to realize again from this place, as we go to the restaurants, as we go to the different places of our work and school and even in our home, Lord, they would be so careful to just cultivate in us the understanding that not only have you created us to be a masterpiece, but everybody that we come in contact with is the same sort of masterpiece as you've created us to be. And may we treat them accordingly. We're going to mess up. We're going to be miserable at times and grumpy. Uh, forgive us for those times. But Lord, don't let us ever excuse away any reason or justify any reason why we need to treat anybody ugly just because they treat us ugly. Or to be mean to them because they're mean to us. But Father, help us to realize that it's not about us, not at all. But it's about others. As you, Jesus, always modeled for us. You were always serving, always giving, always loving. Help us to be the same. Oh God, help us to be the same. 
Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for the Martinez's. Thank you for them. Pray, God, that you would watch over them, provide for them, bless them, keep them. Oh, God, that you would multiply their efforts for you in the Dominican Republic. Thank you, God, for their example. Watch over them and watch over each one of us in this place as we're all missionaries. Some of us have not been called to the Dominican Republic, but we've all been called to the mission field. And most of us are here in York County. Most of us here in this community. So, Father, our mission field is here. Help us to be as diligent and as passionate and as careful and as loyal to the calling as the Martinez's have been. But right here in this community, I thank you for this. Lord, go with us from here and help us to enjoy the rest of this day and to honor you in all that we say and all that we do and all that we think. Holy Spirit, fill us. Holy Spirit, empower us. Holy Spirit, equip us. Holy Spirit, give us discernment. Help us, Father God, to be encouraged today with all this going on in the world that is way beyond our pay grade, but yet you have got it all under control. Lord, help us to not let the news reports sway us one way or the other. We know that your return is soon, Lord Jesus. We know that trumpet is going to sound just any moment. So what we do help us to realize that it's being done with an urgency that we have today, that we have this moment, that we would do it now for you so that we can stand before you and say, Lord, I gave it all. Uh, I, I, I did it all. Uh, I used every opportunity. I didn't coast. I didn't sit on it. I, 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 I move forward. I, I gave it to you. Lord, all the stuff that's going on in the world today, we give it to you. Father, help us to stay focused on the harvest, on the kingdom of God, on souls for your kingdom, whatever that looks like in front, behind the scenes, and everywhere in between. That's what you called us to do. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.